We are glad to make all of our Jcast Network podcasts free for our listeners. However, they are not free to produce and host. Please consider making a donation to Jcast Network to help support our work by visiting jcastnetwork.org slash donate. Thanks for your support. You are listening to Stender, a Jcast Network podcast. For more information about other Jcast Network podcasts, please visit jcastnetwork.org. To share your thoughts about this podcast or others, please visit facebook.com slash jcastnetwork. As I mentioned a few moments ago, the Shabbat is uh, known as Shabbat Shuvah. Uh, this Shabbat between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, the Shabbat of uh, repentance. Uh, it, uh, it's called that, of course, because it's the Shabbat that falls in these aseret yemei tshuva, um, these uh, days of, uh, of, of intense uh, repentance. Uh, and so it begs the question, uh, of course, what is tshuva? What do we mean when we say tshuva, and, and, and how do we do it? And also, why is it that this time of year in particular um, is a season of tshuva, is a time for tshuva? So the most comprehensive work on the subject of tshuva, um, still really the go-to text for understanding what Jewish tradition thinks about tshuva, um, even though it's really a singular voice uh, and there are other takes on the subject, uh, but the most authoritative, I guess you could say, is Rambam, is Maimonides, uh, who uh, wrote in his uh, compendium of Jewish law known as the Mishnah Torah, the Mishnah Torah, uh, there is a uh, section of it called Hilchot Tshuva, the Laws of Tshuva. And in the Laws of Tshuva, in Hilchot Tshuva, Maimonides defines Tshuva in the following way. He says that Tshuva requires... Uh, acknowledgement of one's transgression, right? So you have to understand and identify the wrongdoing that you've done. It requires remorse over having committed that transgression, where you have to feel bad that you've done that bad deed. Uh, it sometimes requires uh, restitution of some sort, interpersonal restitution, seeking forgiveness, apologizing to the person that you've injured if it's an interpersonal uh, act or if it's uh, something between you and God, maybe and slash or if it's something between you and God, uh, uh, seeking uh, uh, atonement or forgiveness from uh, from the divine. Uh, and then ultimately, Rambam says that you know if you have completed tshuva, you finished the act of tshuva, if you find yourself in an identical situation down the line and you make the opposite choice. Then he says, if you do that, you are a ba'al tshuva, a ba'alat tshuva, a master of repentance. You've, uh, you've completed the repentance. Now, on its surface, that seems like, first of all, very straightforward guidance on how to do tshuva um, and eminently attainable guidance on how to do tshuva. Now, he gives some caveats to, uh, to that definition of how you attain tshuva by saying that if you find yourself in the same situation and you don't make the same choice, you're, do, you're making that decision because of the tshuva 
and not because you no longer have the strength to do the wrongdoing or you uh, somehow you know, lost the ability. He uses the example, which is probably an easy and obvious example of somebody who committed some kind of uh, sexual impropriety uh, and you find yourself in that same situation of temptation again and you are the same, you're still in robust health, you have a healthy libido and, uh, and you nevertheless make a different choice because of the tshuva that you did, then Rambam says that you are a bal tshuva, bala tshuva, master of, of repentance. So it seems straightforward enough, except when you consider this problematic piece of information, which is that we are never in the same situation twice. No two scenarios in which we find ourselves are absolutely alike. Plus, we are never the same person in any two given scenarios. We are a different person, even in whether we've done tshuva or not. We are a different person now than we are five years from now. Even if we have the same physical abilities, even if we have the same health, we are different people from one scenario to the next. And it also means, so Maimonides gives a very deceptively simple definition of how you attain tshuva but he leaves out a uh, fundamental piece of information, which is that just because you made an, uh, the opposite choice one time doesn't mean that the next time that situation arises, you will make the same opposite choice, or the time after that, or the time after that. In other words, what Maimonides presents is deceptively simple and deceptive because it seems as though one can never actually be a Baal Tshuva, a Baalat Tshuva, because we're never the same person twice, we're never in the same scenario twice, and we never know until the time that we leave this world how we will act in any given situation in which we find ourselves. Just because I made the right choice the next time because of my Tshuva doesn't mean that the time after that I will too. So in some ways it means that tshuva is work that is never done. Or, to put it a different way, tshuva is not an action, it's a process. It's a way of living, an orientation to life. And so maybe it is possible to be a ba'al tshuva, ba'ala tshuva, master of penitence, but only insofar as it means we are committed to holding that with us as we walk the journey of life, and to orient ourselves that way to living our life in each moment, in each day, in each year. Chuva isn't something that we do once and complete. Chuva is a way of walking through the world, a way of orienting our life. And I think that that is a good reason why the Hebrew word for chuva, which we translate as repentance, really means what? Turning. It means turning around. It means stopping where you are. So I recognize that the path that I'm on is not a good path. I realize a behavior that I've done is not a good behavior. I realize the choices that I'm making are not the right choices. And then I turn and go a different direction. But that only is effective if I actually stay on that direction. If I actually stay on that path. And I think it's not, therefore, coincidental that the parsha we read on Shabbat Shuvah is Parshat Vayelech, 
which means walking. There's a great Hasidic commentary called the Toldot Yitzchak, who translates or interprets the beginning of the Torah portion this week, Vayelech Moshe v'yedaberet advarim, that Moses went and spoke these words. V'lokatuv le'an halach. It doesn't say where he went to. Interesting. We know that he's ultimately going to talk to Joshua, but it doesn't give an actual physical destination. Where, where is he walking to? Right? We, when we have holech in the Torah, usually we have a physical destination. Lech lecha el eretz asher areka. Right? God says to Abraham, go forth to the land that I will show you. Or lech lecha el eretz moriah, which we just read on the second day of Rosh Hashanah. Go forth to the land of Moriah. But here, Vayelech has no destination. So where, it doesn't say where he went to. Ki lekol makom shehalach diberet advarim ha'elech. Torah Yitzchak says, it doesn't say where he went, because what it's trying to teach is that every place he went, he spoke these words of Torah. Berachov, in the street, matan in his business dealings, in his work, in his personal life and in his public life, in every single place, he repeated God's words. So I think that we read Parshat Vayelech on this Shabbat Shuva to remind us of that insight. Because Shuva is about every place we go. Everywhere we are, whatever it is we're doing, we are, if we are striving to be ba'alei tshuva, people who have mastered and take seriously the turning that this season invites us to, that we are living it in each and every scenario we find ourselves, in each and every moment of our lives, in each and every context that we occupy. Because if we don't, then we haven't completed tshuva. And it also means that we never complete tshuva until we've lived our lives in its spirit. Now, that may seem hard, but that's why I think the opening lines of the Haftorah are so inspiring and powerful. It says, Shuva Yisrael ad Adonai Elohecha. Return, O Israel, ad Adonai Elohecha, to the Lord your God. But ad is like not exactly to, because if it were saying return to God, it would say Shuva Yisrael le Adonai Elohecha. But it says ad. Ad is like up until. It, the image that comes to mind in that line from Hosea is, and if you're a mathematician, I apologize because I'm probably going to get this wrong, but an asymptote, a horizon, something that you always almost reach, but then it extends just a little bit further. And you never quite get to the end, but you're always striving for it. That, I think, is what it means to be a Baal Tshuva, is to be on a path 
with a destination, but knowing that you may not ever get to the ultimate end of that destination. And then Hosea says, Ki chishalta ba'avonecha, because you have stumbled because of your transgression. I love that imagery, because what it offers is that if we are on this path of tshuva, and we make a mistake, or we commit the same transgression again, or we injure somebody, we do a new transgression that we hadn't done before, but nevertheless, we are orienting ourselves on that path of penitence, that path toward God, we can see the steps, the missteps that we take as just stumbling. Oh, I tripped on this path that I'm on. What do we do when we trip on a path? We get up and we start walking again. So it doesn't mean that you have now blown the repentance and uh, you might as well, uh, what um, uh, the the greatest heretic in the Talmud, uh, Elisha ben Abuya, uh, says uh, he uh, uh, he's in heaven and he sees an angel uh, writing down the merits and the demerits of Israel and he says I thought I remembered reading that uh, that there that there uh, that the only person who does that in heaven is God so that there must be two divinities and immediately a divine voice goes forth and says and kicks Elisha ben Abuya out of heaven and says that he cannot merit the world to come. And so when he kind of wakes up from this vision of heaven, or leaves heaven, he says, well, since I have been kicked out of that world, I might as well go and enjoy this world. And so he goes and hires a prostitute, and uh, the prostitute says, wait, aren't you Rabbi Elisha ben Abuya? And he pulls a radish out of the ground on Shabbat which is a violation of Shabbat. So the the Talmud is less concerned about his hiring a prostitute as it is about him pulling a radish out of the ground on Shabbat, but that's another conversation for another time. He pulls a radish out of the ground on Shabbat, and she says, oh, he must be acher. He must be an other, an outsider. And so for the rest of his life, he's called acher, the outsider. So Elisha is, I think, a model of how not to do tshuva. He believes that once he has uh, committed the transgression, he might as well go commit every transgression. What? Oh. (laughs) Something you want to share with the class. Um, He thinks that because he's committed one transgression, he might as well commit every transgression. But hear what the prophet Hosea offers us is that our avonim, our avonot, rather, our transgressions are michshalim, are just moments of stumbling. But we can remain on the path that we're on, even in the face of those minor setbacks. Because the path is a lifetime path. And we remain on it if we choose to remain on it. And we become ba'alei tshuva insofar as we remain committed to be on that path. Which means that tshuva is not just a thing that happens during these 10 days of repentance. It's a thing that happens all year long and indeed is the work of our entire lives. So why are we focused on it in these days? Because we need a moment to do what tshuva invites us to do. 
to stop, to take stock, to search inside ourselves, to review our actions, to see how we may have stumbled, to check in to see whether we are on the right path, and then to recommit ourselves to walking that path each and every day. But don't be confused, because though we have this season and this moment to recommit ourselves to tshuva, tshuva is not an action. Tshuva is a process. It's a journey. One that we recommit ourselves to on these high holy days, but one that, God willing, we remain on for the length of our days.